Timmy Time, your hair. I mean, yeah, who can, people can't yeah. stop talking about the hair and the vocal range. It's incredible. Uh-huh. You know what? Uh-huh. Speaking of the hair, yeah. there was a photograph sent to me in the middle of our church service. Oh my! This yeah. week, and said, "Oh my gosh." The hair. <laughs> it was from one of the one of the pastors standing in the back, <laughs> and he wasn't talking about mine. <laughs> no, he's got a man crush. Hi, this is Elaine Valley, member of Team Dirt and Vert, a big ass runner from Garland, Texas. Welcome to my favorite podcast, the Big Ass Runner Podcast where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your host, a man that shares my favorite walk-up song, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Elaine. Great job on that introduction. And she's right. We have the same favorite walk-up song, which is Boom by P.O.D. Great job on that introduction. And as Elaine said, she's part of Team Dirt and Vert, which is a local trail running club here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that we absolutely love. So, Elaine, thanks again for that great introduction. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner episode number 69. Stephen Pritt is actually traveling the next couple of weeks. So we're going to have some special guests, some guests that you are really familiar with here later in the show. In fact, we have got two segments I'm really excited about. If you listened a few episodes ago, We introduce you to Coach Greg. He is my trail running coach, and he was on the show, did a phenomenal job. We had tons of great feedback. He is back. We're going to pepper him with all kinds of questions. I actually reached out to the Big Ass Runner Herd and collected questions, and so Coach Greg will be here to address those and more as we all are planning for big races and big events throughout the end of 2021 and into 2022. And also the Bazers will be back later in the show. But before we get to that, it is the week of Thanksgiving. And I think one of the things both Steve and I are very grateful for is the big ass runner herd. And what we find is there are so many amazing people as part of the herd doing incredible work out in the world. And we met a couple recently that's part of the Big Ass Runner Herd that are doing some amazing things. And this is a younger couple in their 20s, small business, doing some great work. I don't want to tell you too much because I want to do a little bit of a teaser, but I wanted to bring them on the show or bring BJ Edwards on the show to talk about what they do. So without further ado... BJ Edwards. BJ, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeff. I'm excited about this. We're excited to have you. And tell us, because I didn't give a lot away when I set you up on the show here, tell us where in the world you are right now. So I am in Centennial, Wyoming. It's about 30 miles west of Laramie. So we're down in the southeast corner of Wyoming, almost to Colorado. And is Laramie where the University of Wyoming is? Yes, it is. U Dub, yeah, we've played. I'm I'm a Texas A&M big fan. Aggie, all my kids went to A&M. We've played Wyoming a few times, and I thought Laramie sounded familiar. So that's awesome. Awesome, <laughs> it is. And on this show, you know, we talk a lot. And this is for the everyday runner. We try to entertain and encourage the everyday runner. And talked a, a couple episodes back that we want to talk a little bit more and more over time 
about nutrition and you and I connected over Instagram and I thought, man, you'd be a great person to have on the show because you do something very interesting up there in Wyoming. Tell us a little bit about you and your business. So I run Taste of the Wind. It's a business started with my husband in 2019 and we have a couple main goals with our business. One of them is to reduce food waste in our community and another one is to reduce hunger in our community while offering really nutrient-dense and high-quality meat and eggs. So we raise hogs, chickens, sheep, and we produce chicken, eggs, lamb, and pork. And then we work with some of our neighbors to produce uh, grass-finished beef as well. So all of our animals are on pasture. We're producing everything in southeast Wyoming and marketing everything as locally as possible. So... We do a lot of things with our community. We work with our local soup kitchen. We donate food, and then we take food that's not acceptable for humans to eat from the soup kitchen and a bunch of other sources, and we use that to feed our animals. And then we also work with several larger companies in the area to take food that has gone stale, keep it from going to the dump, and (laughs) I call it recycling it into bacon and eggs. So (laughs) we turn food that was going to the dump into bacon and eggs. That's awesome, BJ. And how long have you guys been doing this? I was doing this for a couple years before we started our own business. So I think we're about at year five or six now of doing this operation. We're We're going into year four with Taste of the Wind. And yes, we've been offering meat to our community for five, about five years now. We love that. And we love, first of all, we love small business. We love businesses that are are doing good in their communities. But I do have a question about the name of your company, Taste of the Wind. What's the story behind that? (laughs) So if you've ever been to (laughs) any part of Wyoming, you know that it blows out here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, pretty much from, I'd say, October through May, we've got 50 mile an hour plus winds. So we figured, why not play on that and (laughs) name our business after it? Because we've got to deal with it every day. And we try to stick local. So we figure a lot of people will link Taste of the Wind to our lovely Wyoming wind. Got it. And we have a lot of listeners out in Wyoming who deal with that wind on the the trails all the time. So it adds it adds a whole nother level to the challenge when you're training for races <laughs> and trail running. You know what I find is when you're going into the wind, you can definitely feel it. Like you you know you can feel it and you're uh-huh. struggling. When the wind's at your back, it's like I don't feel it. I don't feel like it's helping me. It's almost like Well it, some days you can out here. Okay. So it's so strong you can even <laughs> so feel it out there. Strong. Yeah, but I don't know if it's a help at that point because it's almost trying to push you over rather than push you along. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to ask you a few things. You said you and your husband run the company. What What are the biggest challenges as you know, a small business trying to do really good work there in your community? What, what are your biggest challenges? So for us right now, one of our biggest challenges is land. We don't actually own any land and land prices are insane, especially most recently. So we lease land and we move a lot. So we've lived in all kinds of living situations so that we can keep our operation going. And we just move our animals. Our animals are super mobile anyway because they're used to rotating through different pastures so we can let the land rest. 
So it's just more of the same for them. Whenever we move, they're like, oh, great, change of scenery, let's keep eating. So it is a little bit of a challenge, though, for us because we do have to move so much. And sometimes it's not as secure of an operation as I would like because we're like, well, if we don't get this lease again, we're going to have to move somewhere else. So that's our biggest challenge right now. But we're making it work. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like your animals are trail runners. They're like, okay, we're going to go over here. We're going to move over there now. We're just going to keep keep going. I love it. Yep. They're nomads. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know a lot about you know raising animals for food purposes, but you talked a lot about local and ethical. And I'd, I'd love for you to dive a little bit more into, you know, what does that mean? What is that different than maybe if we, you know, if I go to the grocery store today and, and look at the meat section, how is that different than what you guys are doing? So typically when you go to the grocery store and you buy a package of ground beef, it could come from as far away as another country. So even with our labeling that says a product of the USA doesn't necessarily mean that the cow was raised in the U.S. So what we try to do is source everything ultra local. We're trying to go as much within the state of Wyoming as we can. If we can't do everything from from the animal being born to the animal being processed in the state, we're at least just going to go to Colorado or a state that's touching Wyoming. So from the minute that animal is born to the minute that it hits someone's plate, that animal has been completely produced and fed in Wyoming with Wyoming products. So when you buy meat at the grocery store, that's not the case at all. The feed for those animals comes from one end of the country and the animal itself is in a totally different part of the country. And It's raised by one person, it's backgrounded by another person, it's finished by another person, it's processed by another person, it's stored by another person, then it's stocked by another person, (laughs) and it's managed (laughs) at a a different store. So it's pretty crazy what goes into our food system, and we are all able to see how fragile that food system was and still is these past couple of years because so many things have happened with our supply chain. And we're just trying to to create a system that supports local businesses all, at all steps of food production. And then we're able to supply local people as well. So when stuff's happening on a nationwide level, we aren't really as affected. We can still offer our community food and good food. I love that. And then how do you actually sell your product? So uh, a lot of it I sell directly to people in town, but I also have an online store that people can place orders on. And then I recently got involved with a company called Eat Wyoming, which they um, do a weekly delivery route around the state for in-state producers and in-state customers. So I do sell a little bit across state lines to nearby states because there's people in Colorado who really like our products and we're honestly closer to Fort Collins than we are to the northern end of the state. So I don't see a massive problem with <laughs> offering product to close people who aren't necessarily in Wyoming. So we do sell online. We sell directly in person. We've done some farmers markets in the area. And I, I have a question because I, obviously, you know, this probably I imagine is a lot of work. You've got a lot of different animals. 
And I just wonder if, are you with animals all day and you're like, I need some human interaction or do you kind of become, <laughs> become friends with me? Like, how does that, how does that all work? <laughs> yeah. It, well, I do spend a lot of time out with animals and part of me loves that, but I do, I'm lucky. I get to interact with a lot of my customers because I'll do some deliveries and we have a pretty tight knit community in Centennial. So I do have a lot of interaction with the locals and I know a lot of people in town and I guess some people would probably consider my life to be rather isolated, but I think it's a good balance. That's awesome. And I think you mentioned to me that you're, you're actually a runner as well. Yes, I love to run. I don't always get to do it as much as I'd like to, but my animals definitely guarantee that I get at least a couple runs in a week. <laughs> Chasing them down. They like to run too. Part of farming is that we do a lot of, I'm pretty lucky because I get to have a pretty active lifestyle in general, just with being out here and doing this work, but it doesn't have a lot of cardio. So I do, I do run. And that's one of the things that I do for myself that I really treasure. I get to run and I'm not a hardcore racer or trail runner, but I do get to, we have a lot of awesome trails around here. So I do get to run and I do just run on a on a routine basis just you know to the mailbox which is a couple of miles from our house so a couple I miles i love it run. <laughs> well on this show we we like i said before we love small business and we love the fact that you guys are, are doing just great work there in your community and, and this this episode is going to air the week of thanksgiving so i just want to say we're, we're thankful for you guys and what you're doing you and your husband and all the hard work, the way that you ethically treat the animals or you're trying to create and produce local food for the community and, and beyond. So just thank you for what, what you guys do. And I, I do, because it is Thanksgiving, would love to give you an opportunity to share with us kind of some of the things that you're actually thankful for. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's such a great thing to focus on gratitude and the things that we have in our lives. And one thing I'm grateful for is this podcast. The first one I listened to ever was the encouragement episode. And ever since then, I've been hooked. It's so great. So I'm oh. grateful for that. But I'm also grateful for my health because I just need that in my job, in my life. And I'm sure tons of runners who listen to this podcast can relate <laughs> because without our health, what would we be? That's right. So I'm so grateful for my, my health and my faith. That's what gets me through the day. So thank you for the opportunity to share that. And I think too, you have, you have a giveaway that you're doing right now. You want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, it's, it's going to run for a few more weeks. So we're giving away a 20 pound box of our grass finished beef. I'm announcing our 2022 bulk beef sales. So to celebrate, I'm doing a giveaway. That's my favorite way to celebrate. I love giving away <laughs> and <laughs> letting people try our awesome products. So people can access that giveaway on our Instagram or um, on our Facebook and they can enter. It's free to enter, no obligation, just free, the chance to win free meat. That's awesome. And I was going to ask you the best way to connect your Instagram. Is it at Taste of the Wind? At Taste of the Wind 307. That's the area code for the state of Wyoming. So Taste of the Wind 307. That's how you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. And then our website is www.tasteofthewind.com. That's great. 
BJ, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. And thanks for finding the show and reaching out. I'm glad we connected. And like I said, just so thankful for people like you that are out there just working hard and doing things that you love, hitting the trails when, when you can and really serving the people around you. So thank you. Thank you so much for the chance to participate. I love what you're doing. I love this podcast. It's really fun to listen to and it leaves me feeling ready to run. So thank you for doing this too. I'm glad that there's people like you who put in the time and the work that it takes to encourage others through a podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's words like that that keep us going. So so thank you as well. (laughs) Well, BJ, let's stay in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Jeff. Take care. Well, with Stephen gone, I have brought in the A-team. I have brought in Timmy Time. And back by very popular demand, we got such great feedback, Timmy Time, when we had Coach Greg on the first time, that we begged and pleaded to have him back. Back with us is my running coach, Coach Greg. If you're up for it, Coach Greg, this is going to be called Ask Coach Greg. Makes sense. Seems, seems logical. We have a lot of good questions for you. Let's do it. You ready? So, Timmy Town, we've got a race coming up. So, we thought we'd focus our questions on kind of pre race things that are coming up to a big race like a 50K. And, Greg, the first question I have for you, because right now we're, this is what, Wednesday of race week. And I think a lot of people have the question of, around tapering. So, you've been putting a lot of miles in, you've been running long, you know, runs maybe on the weekends. And you got a 50K on Saturday. What's your tapering strategy? For this scenario in particular, it's going to be a little bit different because you guys are training for a longer event and, you know, to the point that it it is kind of an oxymoron that this is a a 50K training race, but it is, it's not your goal race. So what, you know, we would call it a B race. So you want to do well, but if you were to taper or treat it like A race, we'd probably have a two, three week taper and then a one week recovery. But if we did that, we'd lose three to four weeks of training time and toward uh, your goal race, which is, you know, around the corner. So what we do when we're training for or tapering for B races is we would do just a one week race taper. And this is what we're doing for your instance. If you run on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we continue that, that same rhythm because I think the body gets used to a routine. It craves the routine. So you don't want to not run completely, even though you're going to run 30 miles or 31 miles. On Saturday, you want to keep your body in the same rhythm that it's in, dial back the volume. You know, Tuesday for you specifically is the same. I think maybe it was 10, 15 minutes shorter. But then we do a quote unquote two day taper. So a really <laughs> short shakeout run as your last run. And then If you are consistently doing strength, we would skip some of the heavy leg days. Obviously, maybe just keep some body weight stuff just for the movement. So that's how we would do a taper for a B race. Now, if it was an A race, we would take a stronger taper where you would have three weeks out. It would be your last kind of long run. And then we'd probably cut about your long run volume to about 80% of what it was at the peak. And then 80% of that, typically for trail runners, we go by time. So usually the last long run before a race would be, you know, an hour and a half to two hours, depending on, uh, depending on what your volume is. So 
that's how we would typically do it because you still want your body to be fresh. You obviously want to take a lot of the volume and intensity out, but you still want to keep that same rhythm because your body just you know, it craves that routine. So you'll feel worse if you're just sitting on the couch. And is the goal, I assume the goal is that you want fresh legs. Does it feel, I don't know if you feel this sometimes too many times when you taper, it's like, am I going to lose my cardio? Is that really not a concern? It's not a concern for a taper because it takes longer than a week to lose your cardio. But that's that's one of the reasons why you do keep some of the same intensity because you still want to be fresh. If it was, say, if we were tapering for a marathon, which again, the, those you know, that kind of, you want to be super sharp for that because you're trying to hit specific paces. I have uh, some of our runners do a race pace earlier in the week, just so they get used to, if they need to hold an eight minute pace for that marathon, we will do a few miles at that pace. So their body knows this is the pace that we're going to be holding. This is the effort. The trail races are a little bit different, but we, uh, I don't think we did it for you because we haven't been doing any training, but we would throw in some strides, some 10, 15 second strides, just again, just a higher effort, keep your body fresh, uh, keep you in rhythm, keep you feeling sharp. So that's the important thing to do. There's a balance. You can't just sit on the couch and do nothing, but you can't keep your the same volume that you're doing tr- in training if you were training properly. So. And then what about, because I think when you said don't do any strength training on your, on your lower body, which makes sense. You want to break down your muscles and your legs. Your, the goal is to keep them fresh. But then what about mobility and hydration? Is it same as you've been, like, assuming you've been doing that well, keep keep doing the same, or do you kind of put a little bit more focus on it? Right. I uh, I keep, we would keep, if you're consistent with your mobility, we would keep it. I typically prescribe mobility the day day before, just the, the same kind of hip and glute exercises that you've been doing. Hydration, obviously, is more important in the few days before the race, again, same with your nutrition. Uh, so it's easy when your running volume is less to get a little lax with your nutrition and your hydration because you're not running enough. And I was like, ah, I don't need my electrolytes, but you still you still need to maintain that even though your volume is a little bit less. Now, there's some balance with the nutrition. You can't eat as much as you typically would if you're running less. But yeah, you have to find the right balance there. But yes, hydration and mobility is still a big piece of taper. And it's almost more important because your volume is, if you have more time on your hands, do a little extra mobility. It's not going to take away from your race. Um, You're talking about tapering, getting ready for a race. So let's just say I'm running 30 miles a week and that's typically my work. And then Saturdays, I will do a longer run. But during the work week, that's what I run. So you're saying maybe just cut back to maybe 20 miles and then right. just maybe a little slower pace. Yep. But then um, every once yeah. in a while run fast. Not necessarily much slower than you were running. We do want to cut back on the volume. Unless it's a marathon, say a marathon race pace, you don't need to do that. But you just you don't want to just completely run a different pace than you're comfortable with. Um, again, because we want to keep that same kind of freshness and uh, intensity. So just cut back a little bit on the volume. Obviously, not we're not doing 400 meter repeats or anything like that, but uh, we we still want to keep that balance between cutting back on the volume, but keeping some of that normal intensity that you would normally have. Okay, cool. And then one thing you had said before, and I don't know if we were downstairs or what, but you were talking about there's not many things I can do to prepare myself for a race if I've already been preparing, but there's things with the race week that I could hurt myself. Right. So physically, you've already gained all the benefits. Um, 
that you'll be using on race day two, three weeks out. So anything physically that you're doing during a race, race taper week is it's not going to benefit your race, mm-hmm. but it could hurt it. So if you try to go and hammer out, you know, 10 hill repeats, that's only going to, yeah, that's only going to take <laughs> away before. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's only going to take away from your race. So it might help you if you have a race three weeks after yeah. this race, but it's not going to help you for the race that's upcoming. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Makes sense. And, and isn't the you know, the rule of thumb in training that you want to try to replicate as many things that you may see during the race right. as possible? And, and in specific, this is a question that, that came in, is around, and this, is, this will be the case, I'm sure, for our 100K. We're going to run through the night, I would imagine, or at least into the night, maybe not all the way through the night. Hopefully, we'll finish in Hope not. 15 to 16 hours. But let's say you have a 24-hour race where you know you are going to be running at night. Should you do some night training runs so that you are kind of know what to expect? That's uh, that's a certainty. You should. There, obviously, not just the terrain. You wanna you wanna be able to train on something similar to what you'll be racing. But as far as night, you don't want race day to be the first time that you t- try to use this new headlamp that you just got off Amazon. You want to have been able to test all your equipment. Preferably for more than once at night because it is a completely different type of running. You don't need to go run at midnight to 6 a.m. to replicate your finish for a 100 miler, but you do need some experience running at night, getting comfortable, you know, also seeing how your body is digesting certain foods at night because most people's bodies are not going to be used to running at 8 9 p.m. Eat, trying to eat at the same time. So there's a lot of things you need to practice as far as nutrition. But I think my point is you don't need to overdo it. Yeah. You do need to have some experience at night. Again, just testing out all your equipment, some of the some of the feeling that you'll be doing, and just getting accustomed to it. Because depending on where you're running, it could be a little creepy, and yeah. uh, oh, you don't want tell me about it. <laughs> you don't want to get freaked out during your race so we our trail running group that we do now all our group runs or at least the tuesday and thursday ones are now night runs so our pace is a little bit slower your footwork is a little bit different because it's hard to seeing some of those roots and stumps so your cadence changes a little bit so those are things that you need to experience first so it's not brand new on race day yeah and i didn't think about when you said gear is your headlamp like if you haven't ran in that before and it's bouncing or if it's not tight and you're just... Or you haven't turned it on all the way. you turned on, you have it on low beam. Yeah, some people have done that before. Yeah. Hello. You have actually a tip about... You, you prefer a belt light, is right. That right? Or a combo. I, I prefer a waist, a waist belt or, sorry, waist light on my, on my naked belt. <laughs> By the way, naked, naked band. belt is awesome. I got one of those. We both got one yes, after you did. recommended yeah. it. I called it naked belt, and I got and people made fun of me. I for call it, it nude. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy time just called. Didn't it someone nude. ask you how to spell it? How to? Yes, yes. We won't. We won't say who, but that's okay. I said naked, naked, naked belt. Naked. We love it. I think it's awesome, dude. It is right. so. It doesn't bounce, and that's always in my races. I have. I've tried backpacks. I've tried water belts. I've tried handhelds, and this was it. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, your your recommendation there was spot on. So you use a waist. I use a waist waist. Waist light, and this is something I'm going to trademark right now. My naked belt is customized, or I've I've, uh, I've cut some the same type of, uh, I guess, the webbing, the stretchy. I don't know what we call it, but the garter. Yeah, the st- <laughs> yes, the stretchy garter off an old, uh, off an old uh, pack, 
and I've added a little light compartment. So instead of wearing my naked band and my waist light belt, I just put the light into the naked band. And uh, there, obviously, since we talked about that, it doesn't move, so there's no balancing. And all my, I'm wearing the naked belt anyway, uh, whether it's day or night. So it's all there. I, uh, the, you're used to it. Right, and I'm used to it. And the, ma- the main purpose, the reason why I prefer a, a waist lamp is, you know, the beam is closer to the ground. So it casts a different shadow um, when it's a little higher up your depth perception can get thrown off. So the shadows look different. You know, it's hard seeing some of the rocks. So when it's a little bit lower and plus I like carrying, I don't like the weight on my head. I'm a big baby. I feel like it gives me a (laughs) headache. So I like the heavier. I think it's about 600 lumens and it's metal casing. So it's a little heavy, but it fits on, it doesn't feel heavy on my waist. So I have a, a brighter, I'm able to put a brighter light on my waist and it's out of the way and then... I don't have anything on my head. Now, if we get to some more technical trails, I do have a really, really light headlamps and they're, they're just more of a backup just when you, uh, but 600 lumens is typically enough by it's itself. Yeah, it is. It is very bright. Yeah. So all you naked people out there, we have a new design, Greg's unique design. I think, I think you get a patent on that thing. Yeah. One other question about running at night and then we, I want to move to nutrition because I think we have a lot of questions about nutrition. If you've never run sleep deprived, is that something you should do before a race? So if you're doing a 24 hour race and you're like, I've never really run through the night like that, sleep deprived, is that something you should you should train for? I think so. And now with the, I think everyone's familiar with David Goggins. And if you're anywhere in ultra running, you've probably seen that four four forty eight where you run four miles every four hours for forty eight hours. That's probably a little it. That might be a little unnecessary for some 24-hour races, but then there's other there's other different kind of similar challenges, and I think a Yeti Trail Runner has popularized them where you can do a 12-hour or run, um, you know, four times 7.7 miles, and it comes out to I can't do the math. It's like 30. <laughs> yeah, it's like math. 31 miles, and then there's a, a 24-hour challenge. You do four miles every four hours, just 24 hours, and the benefit is, of that is you get some of that fatigue training because if, if you're having to wake up at 2 a.m. to run, which no one does, getting some of that same fatigue training, sleep deprivation, but you're spreading out the physical part and some of the risk involved in, say, wanting to run, I don't know, run through the night, say, run from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., you know, like a 12-hour run. But it's one way to minimize the risk of injury from the physical side, but get all the benefit that you're trying to get with the sleep deprivation, fueling yourself at a weird time, getting your stomach used to fueling yourself and testing out what foods your body can handle at 2 a.m. in the morning when you're trying to run, when it's usually your body's sleeping. So yeah, hot tamales would work for me. Yeah. That's true. Those little candies. Timmy so time likes some, likes some some candy. I do. I love some candy. Speaking of candy, so nutrition. I've had people ask me this, and because I'm a Clydesdale, and I burn probably more calories than the average runner does. You do sweat a lot, and I'm a free sweater. <laughs> My engine revs hot. Let's let's just be honest. So in terms of nutrition, I've never really gone in and said, I need X amount of calories. I've just gone in and eaten what I felt like my stomach could take. And I had someone ask me, how many calories do you need during this race? I'm like, I don't know. Should I know that? Or is it more of a feel, things you've done in the past, experience? 
Yeah, to some extent, you should know that, but you can't consume as many calories per hour as you're going to burn per hour. So say on average, we're probably burning, depending on your intensity level, of course, but say an ultra, you're burning probably six, 700 calories an hour. But you can't take in that amount of calories. So you, you do have to somewhat train your gut to take on more calories than it would typically. No one's eating, you know, three, 400 calories an hour. So that is something that uh, you can do. It's important to try different, not necessarily just the gels or what you're going to be using. Of course, uh, being training for what you're going to be using in the race is important, but you can test out real foods. Um, you know, what's going to be at the age station. Can you, are you used to eating ramen soup or mashed potatoes yep. or uh, your special chopper special? <clears throat> chopper chop- special. Yeah. That's so delicious. So you do have to, you can train your gut and you should to make it more versatile. Obviously, I think the default is just go going with the gels, but you want to be able to, you know, at mile 60, if you're tired of uh, awesome sauce, spring energy gels, which you won't be because they're great. They're delicious. But um, <laughs> if there's something, if there's something on the table, you, you want you want your body and your stomach to be versatile enough to to take it and not you know rebel. So yeah, it's important to train your gut and yeah, that's something you should definitely be doing in training. Is uh you know just trying out over. I want to say I guess I guess the term is over fueling than you normally would that more than it's necessary in training run just to see yeah. what your stomach can handle. And I found too that I can eat more real foods towards the beginning of a race because I just get so dry mouth. I remember I tried to eat a PB and J like almost towards the end of the 50 K and I just didn't have enough saliva. So is it realistic to say, try to eat more real food early? Cause you may not be able to later. You know, that's, that's actually going to be, uh, it's going to be different for, uh, for everyone. And uh, well, I guess I'll start with me personally. I, I prefer to eat my kind of more solid foods and what's at the aid station later in the race. Early on, I I like to stick with the gels because I feel like um, I'm moving a little bit faster and I want to consume kind of quicker, quicker fuel. And I utilize uh, Tailwind Rebuild Shakes if we're at, you know, a, a looped race or having them in my drop bags because I feel like these shakes are easily digestible, easier on the stomach, and I can stay on top of my calories early. And then later on when I'm slowing down and, you know, when it's getting cooler, some of that age station food looks a little bit more appealing yeah, when, they start, out, you know, when they start bringing out, you know, when they start bringing out the hot foods when, yeah. when all the P- PB&J goes away and some of the harder foods come out. And I, I feel like when I'm slowing down, that's for me personally, when I like to have that food. But, you know, Jen, she's... Yeah, she at her last race at Grindstone, which is a very long, tough ultra. She was going with the liquid nutrition only early, just because when she was running, she felt like uh, or running a little bit faster, it was going to be easier on her stomach, and she wanted to feel that way as long as she could. And I think she said she could have made it the entire race, but her crew was trying to make her eat real food. But so I think it it really depends. It's going to depend on the runner and how you're trained. I I don't think there's a wrong way. It's just whatever you're, you know, people, some people have iron stomachs and they can start eating hot tamales early. That's Timmy time. (laughs) 
and pickles and whatever yeah. uh for the whole race but yeah i think it's it's going to be specific and i don't think there's any any wrong way it's just whatever your body is going to handle the best uh that's the i think that's the beauty of ultra running there, you know there's not one way to do this yeah. I was about to say that that's what to me is most fascinating about ultras is the strategy. And there's, there's so many different ways to, I wouldn't have thought of sticking with the faster digestible gels early. I would have thought the opposite. So I may actually, I don't know if I'm going to try it on race day, but I want in my training, might as well try try that. (laughs) Tim likes to try, he likes to try new shoes on race day. What else, what else have you tried on race day? Pretty much anything. Backpack. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) that didn't really work out that well no (laughs) just the way you describe things so you're not just running coach but it's really just training so we have to train our bodies of what we can eat but i have to get out there and run and practice running and eating at the same time to make sure my because i have been in races where i've just felt really great and then all of a sudden i just get that bonk yeah it's a skill just like anything else and you know it's weird to say you can you can train your stomach. It just takes a little bit of time. And, you know, obviously we're not, you know, we're not built to run and, and throw down a bunch of calories and I think, and keep the, it down. yeah, and keep it down the, uh, I think this is a pretty old article, but one of the bigger reasons for a DNF uh, did not finish is on blisters and then GI distress. Mm. So, um, it's, it's kind of the biggest piece of ultra running is being able to, consume enough to keep moving so it's a big piece and again there's lots of different strategies no one no one wrong way um ultra running is more of uh more of a not necessarily a science there's just a lot it's like research it's research try some see if it works yeah. it's like a b testing it's, yeah. it's crazy. All, us three sitting here could be completely different yeah. Yeah. on our nutrition when we're when we're running what our body needs or can handle so it's cool stuff. Well, Greg, you're the best. How can people, can, I don't think I asked you this last time you're here. How can people connect with you? It's probably easiest on Instagram, ultra ninja runner with no E. The Facebook is usually my family and kids. So that one stays more personal, but, yep. but Instagram is the easiest way. And then link in my bio, you can email me and uh, I'm usually, unfortunately on there a lot. So I should be pretty responsive. Ultra nice. ninja runner, no E in the runner. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, man. This is like, he's my coach, but I learn yeah. so much every time we sit Me down too. with you, Greg. So and I get it for free. So just like the <laughs> listeners. So it's perfect. Yes. Well, thanks so much, Greg. And we're going to have him back, hopefully, periodically. Hopefully, you guys that are listening grabbed a few nuggets of information mm-hmm. and can use it on your next trail. We race. need some uh, walking music for him. Yeah, we're going to get some. some All right. I want to pick something out. You're going to hear yeah, it right I can't wait. now. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. And we thought since it is Thanksgiving week that we would give a big shout out and kudos and more importantly, a big just thank you to the big ass runner herd out there who listens to this show each and every week. We so appreciate you and are so thankful for you. And we've had three of you give us reviews lately. This first one is from Colgan1. 
Five Star says, I don't listen to anything while running, but this is easily one of my favorite podcasts to listen to in the car. It really feels like you're listening to some buddies and their fun stories, and they just happen to know some really smart people to bring in for those more technical aspects on occasion. Awesome. Thank you, Colgan One, for that awesome review, as well as Atuck says, fun, informative, hilarious, five stars. Totally love the podcast and thrilled that I found it. The chemistry between the host is magic, information, and often hilarious, excellent blend and right on time. Keep it up, guys. Well, thank you, Atuck, for that awesome review. And Constant Tweet says five plus stars. I didn't know that was legal. Five plus stars. Love the podcast. Funny, encouraging, and positive. If I could give it more than five stars, I would. Keep doing a great job. Well, thank you, Constant Tweet. Thank you, ATUC. Thank you, Colgan One. We really, really appreciate the kind words. But more than anything, we just appreciate the big ass runner herd out there that listens to the show, sends us great reviews like this or encouraging words. Thank you so much. Way to go, big ass runner herd. Well, it is Thanksgiving week, and we thought the best way to celebrate Thanksgiving is by giving you a gift of the Bazers. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> so with me right now are the greatness of Tim and Marcy Bazer. Hi. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Big S Runner. I think you've been here before, but I'm going to welcome you anyway. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Well, thank it's you. good to be here. Oh, it's so good. You know, we had you guys on several episodes ago, and we got such great feedback. People love Which learning. Which is surprising. Yeah, yeah. It's not surprising <laughs> because you guys are awesome and you're doing such great work. People really resonated with the work that you're doing with Blake's house. Timmy time, your hair. I mean, yeah, who can't, can't, people can't yeah. stop talking about the hair and the vocal range. It's incredible. Uh-huh. You know what? Uh-huh. Speaking of the hair, yeah. there was a photograph sent to me in the middle of our church service. Oh my. This yeah. week and said, oh my gosh. The hair. It was from one of the one of the pastors standing in the back, <laughs> and he wasn't talking about mine. <laughs> no, he's got a man crush. <laughs> this was real time. Yeah, real time. this is in the middle of the service. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> oh my gosh! It wasn't the, the pastor that was ap- that was actually preaching. No, yeah. but I, okay. he has been known to text right before he goes up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> we try to be friends with everybody. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. Well, I thought what we could do today is, you know, it is, like I said, Thanksgiving week. It's a good time to reflect on the things that we're thankful for. And I think gratitude is such an important part of Mm -hmm. just the way we live out our lives and making sure that we have gratitude top of mind. So I thought we could just each talk a little bit about the things that we are thankful for today. What is this? November, whatever it is. November something, something. Something, something. 2021, we've made it through a couple of really rough years. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> They've been interesting. What we are thankful for today might be different than it was a year ago or two years ago or even three years ago. So yeah, let's. does that sound good? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think ladies first. I'm okay. Yeah. Marcy, what, what are some of the things you're, or just one thing, we'll, we'll go around a couple of times. You know. What's, what's one thing you're thankful for? You know, probably, and this is, I'm sure, people, 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 people. 
my friends, my family, we all feel that way, but I've had some really good people in my life. And I also work with people who do not have that sense of community and friendship and family. Mm. And it just makes me, just today, I was even just telling Tim about it, one of the little girl that I was working with, and I just thought, gosh, just the loneliness. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm her person, and I'm not even that close. Yeah. You know, and just so that's I mean, that takes a little more serious turn than Marcy usually takes. But that <laughs> well, that really did. It really stuck with me and just how grateful I am for all the people in my life. Well, I was gonna say, I think one thing we appreciate about you, Marcy, is that while you're fun and funny, you're also thoughtful as well. So I think I think hearing hearing some <laughs> of that you. is so authentic. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? But I'm gonna go with number two as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's where it turns. And here's the turn. I mean, I love a really good, like from the gut burp. You do like oh get yourself gosh, a burp. She's a burp so ass. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Stand down, gentlemen. This one's taken. That's right. And once again, it's the authenticity <laughs> that I we mean, love. You know, especially a surprise one, and you're like, uh, like Elf. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. It's so awesome. It feels so good. Yes. Yeah. I, I tell my wife, it's like, cause she, she does the kind of <laughs> burps, you know, it's like, it's like, get into, you got to get into it. You got to go deep. Oh, you you can't the, force that. It just happens. It, it does. But I feel like she's trying to be nice about it. <laughs> trying to block it. Trying to block know. it. Yeah. She gives a little finger to yeah, she does a, she does a <laughs> trumpet like, with her the hand. Trumpet. It's yeah. It's the cutest little thing you've ever it, seen. It is. It is. Uh-huh. She is. She is the cutest little thing. <laughs> Timmy time. What about you? Um, I'm going to kind of piggyback on Marcy. That's what I was thinking about. It's just community. You know, our friend group, yep. our church, of course, just uh, my job, of course, Marcy and Charlie and Stacy and Georgia and Bailey, you know, the immediate family that I have to say that because, you know, I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> One of them sitting right no, here. <laughs> but no, it's true. I mean, like Marcy said, we we're on our way over here and we were just talking about, it. I mean, there's so many people just, they go to work, they come home and they have nothing. Yeah. You know, no life. And we don't. We're constantly around people. So we're just, uh, I'm grateful to be a seven, to be honest. That is true. You and, know? and what Tim means by seven is an Enneagram seven. Mm-hmm. Of the nine Enneagrams, it is the best one. It is by, <laughs> by far, by far. Every yeah. seven needs an eight to make your world go around. Yeah. yeah. Without an eight or, yeah. or a nine, my wife's a nine. You guys are just like floating Oh, around. man. Nothing we, would get done. We needed an eight at Whataburger a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, man. We went to Whataburger. We, we went to a concert. We saw as myself, Timmy Time. Scott, Scotty, Scott Alina, Scott Alina, and our friend Jimbo, and we were going to see Ario Speedwagon, and we had to eat beforehand. We went to Whataburger, and you know, for those of you listening across the world, we love us some Whataburger here in Texas, Mm -hmm. the best. But unfortunately, it's not like some restaurants where you can kind of consistently count on this level of service. (laughs) Whataburger can be a little hit or miss, and this one was a major miss. You, we all four ordered at the same time. Timmy Time gets his in like 30 seconds. The hair. It's probably yeah. the hair. Yeah. And I'm super nice. Yeah, that's true. And then I got mine probably, what, another 12 minutes later? <laughs> at least. And this then, is not fast food. No. And then Scott and Jimmy didn't get theirs for another 20 minutes. And Scott's was cold. And it was cold. Oh, yeah. So we needed, we needed an eight to take charge. Yeah. But it yeah. wasn't busy. No. The drive-thru was busy. Yeah. 
But I think that's what bugs me, though. A little, I'm a yeah. little, little yeah. soapbox here. Why does the drive-through get priority over the people that actually got out of their car and walked into I the restaurant? Were just as important as the people in the drive-through or on the phone. Hello. I Sorry. know. I, I feel it. I feel it. I'm stepping off the. Oh, I just want to like slap Starbucks drinks that are sitting up there waiting for the people who aren't even there. I just want to throw them on the ground. <laughs> you're not even here to pick it up. No, you're not even here, yeah. and I'm still waiting for mine. Thirty minutes later, I've boycotted <laughs> Starbucks for that reason. All right, but the second thing Ooh. I wanted to be grateful about, I, I had love. two, is I'm 46 years old. Ooh, you're that old. I now? am. I'm puppy. old, and uh, I'm still relatively healthy. You are. You know, you're very healthy. I can run. You know, I can I can do all sorts of things. I can whip some kids in pickleball on Tuesday nights after my A group. You know, they come in, they say that they're real good, and I just stomp them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's that's a big thing. You know, there's a lot of people out there who aren't very healthy. You're well, injury free, yeah. which is crazy yeah. for what you so do. So knock on wood. You you yeah. have good genes. Because there was a time in your life where you were not so no, healthy. no. Because yep, of some life choices in. that you that you had, you yep. talked about that in the last mm-hmm. in the last episode or last time you were here. Yeah, so. that's a good one. And and by the way, we did hear I did ask the big ass runner community, and I'll I'll read a few of these, um, and then I'll get to m- some of mine as well. But Travis and he's at Underdog Endurance said growth in my personal life and my athletic life. There you go. Way to go, Travis. Good job, Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Becca, who is at Girl Huron. I think it's Euron. I think this. I think the H is silent. Huron said family. That's that's a big one for yeah. me too. Jeff Jordan. He's at at Pinbuster three hundred. He is a bowling machine. Love oh, it. I said like bowling. Health. Awesome. Kate said. Kate said at Nesmom. This is a good one. She said, "My husband, who has spent the last nine months of Saturdays crewing for my long runs. Oh, that is something to be thankful <laughs> that for. Is. That is something to be thankful. You know, for. MB was gonna." Uh, crew for us this weekend until she found out it was going to be about, you know, maybe eight hours. Yeah. She and opt- early in the morning. She I opted said, out. Hey, you guys, next time you do a 5K at noon, I'm totally, <laughs> totally there for you. I got your backs, yes. boys. As long as we can eat before, right? And after. And after, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of I mean, course. that's like a 30-minute run for you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> that's about my endurance. Yes. I got you. I, I love got it. you. Wendy Morriso said health, friendship, and Vancouver Island trail running. Mm. Vancouver Island's gorgeous. It's also, isn't it scary? Isn't that where they had Alone? Remember that show Alone where they drop people off yeah. by themselves? I, I think that was Vancouver that. You know Island. What? Scotty could do that. He could do that. Yeah, because he doesn't like people. <laughs> he, he loves people, <laughs> but he's he's like MacGyver. He can do anything. Uh, he, that Scott, he can. Scott can do anything. He'll whittle a knife and build a canoe out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And while, give you a good Bible lesson all at the same time. All That's right. the same while, time. While killing a bear and, <laughs> yeah. and using the skin for all kinds of things. <laughs> for and, fuel. Yes. Andy Allen, who can be found at the Andy Allen, because there is only one the Andy the. Allen. We love Andy Allen. He says, "Listen to this. You're gonna like this one, right. Marcy. All I think right. live racing, which is great. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't like that one probably as much. Mm-hmm. And Casey Musgraves. Do you like Casey Musgraves? Who is it? Country singer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, Casey. Oh, she's great. I I don't know any a, of the artists. I just is know it a boy songs. or a girl, Casey? It's a it's a it's a lady. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of thankful for Casey mm-hmm. and from Yellowstone. Oh, oh, yeah. He's got my hairdo. He does. Have he a, does. He and does. I'd like him to have my back if things go down. <laughs> yes. 
Angela, she's at iceprincess.franklin, said my healthy family. Love that. And Brian Krantz, who is at just underscore, underscore, underscore BK, said my health as well. So okay. think, there's a few of the big ass runners out there. I think there's a couple of themes, family I and do. health. I think yeah. I think people say health if they've ever had non-healthy moments in their life. You take it for granted. You mm-hmm. really do until you've had problems or people close to you have problems. And you're like, oh my gosh, that is everything. Well, not everything, but a lot. It is. It is. Well, you guys said some of the things I wrote down. Friends, I think, was number one. And I, I do in think. In low places. <laughs> I got friends in low places. The pla- Bazers. Yeah. <laughs> you got friends in real low places. That's so true. Not not true. So true. Yeah, I think, and Tim, you, you kind of pointed this out. I think you, I take it for granted the kind of friendships that I have mm-hmm. because not everyone does have that. I find yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I think about you guys. I think about you know Scott and his wife Christian. I think it's Stephen, and I think too the friends that we've made through this podcast mm-hmm. has been amazing. Yeah, it's like people we would never in a million years have met otherwise. Yeah, like I think of Sarah, who you know we work with at Sarah uh, Vanderjacket. Mm-hmm. She lives in Denver. Whom we love those jackets. The jackets yes. are amazing. We all I've they're s- about to come out. It's getting cold. Several, have several well, on so now. they say it should be cold. We should already be wearing those, but it's too dang hot. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we would never have met Sarah if not for this podcast. So just mm-hmm. the friends that you know you have and have met along the way, I think I'm certainly thankful for. You guys said family. I think it's interesting family because we're both in the same boat. We're about to be empty nesters. I know. Believe it or not, and that's going to be a whole bittersweet, different dynamic. But each stage is different and fun and unique. And we're just in a fun stage where my kids are getting a little bit older, and mm-hmm. you know, two of them are married, and so we we love their spouses. And so, yeah, I'm definitely thankful for family as well. And then the last one I I wrote in and we talked to someone earlier on the show who falls into this category, but it's just people who are making a difference. I'm just very thankful for that because there's so many things out there, homelessness, you know, orphans, trafficking, you know, Mm. kids that are aging out of foster care, like what you guys do at at Blake's house. But there's people out there that are trying to really attack these problems and make a difference. And I'm just, I'm thankful there's people out there Mm -hmm. like that doing that. Let's step out on the line. Stepping out, man. Yep. What about uh, spring, uh, spring energy? Spring energy. Are you thankful for them? They they make some good gels. Yeah, <laughs> is that your goo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you finally get the name? <laughs> I did finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim was trying to like buy me a Christmas gift of of my favorite gels, which are Spring Energy, Awesome Sauce, and we, we, you it, couldn't find them. I couldn't find them, <laughs> no, so I had to ask up everything. Could not figure out. I was the like name. Jeff. I hate to ruin your present, but uh, the surprise. But what are the ones you like? <laughs> Spring <laughs> Energy. We're gonna use them this weekend on the fifty k. Yeah. I'm going to use the heck out of them. With no crew. It's true. No crew. Yeah. <laughs> you look at Marcy. There was a sideways glance aimed at me, and I would have been happy to have done it if you ran half as long and two hours later. So I don't really think that's on me. It's the race director's <laughs> fault. Yeah. Yeah. Have words with him looking at me like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was tacky. Yes, that was. Well, anything else, you guys, before we wrap this up that you're thankful for? Um, I can only say for me is my sobriety. I'm sure Marcy's pretty fa- thankful for that too. So that's pretty Tim, high. That's pretty we high. All, <laughs> we're all real thankful. It's pretty that. high. 
high on my the top of my list. And how long now, Tim? Uh, nine years. It'll be ten years. No fronting, but January will be ten years. No fronting. I like no that. No fronting. Ten years. Congratulations. That's a yeah. big. That's a huge milestone. Yeah. Well, every day is yeah. a milestone. Everything, but every, but yeah. ten years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ten years of anything yeah. is a milestone. That's true. Ten years yeah. of being alive is a milestone. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. What about you, Marcy? Hey, Any Timmy. last one? Yeah, good job, Timmy. Time. I know. I'm very oh, proud not till January twenty fifth. So January twenty fifth. I'm proud of your nine years. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So cool. So, mm-hmm. Me? No, that's it. That's all I'm grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> You're also thankful for Tim's sobriety. <laughs> no, I've been trying to live with an attitude of gratitude that honestly, I try to take Tim's cue from. Nothing bothers this guy. I mean, even when things should bother That is guy. true. I've never Nothing. seen. I've been around. Everything rolls off his back. I've been around you, Tim, a lot in all different kinds of situations. I have never seen you upset. Ever. Yeah, it's not worth my time. It's amazing. Like, seriously, is that the attitude that you have? Or is it just kinda. come naturally? Uh, it kind of comes naturally, but then there's just bigger things. You know, I don't like to be in a bad mood. I don't, I don't like how I've it makes me feel. I've never seen it. I've yeah, never seen I it. I don't like how it makes me feel. Yeah. That's good advice. There you go. I've never been upset either. <laughs> except, <laughs> except when I get hungry. The hangry. Oh, I'm sitting with two hangry people hangry. here. Yeah. Don't even fool with yeah. me then. So true. Life's too short. Be joyful. That's, man, I'm, I'm honestly, I mean, I, I don't never seen you upset. Never seen you upset. Oh, Marcy which is has. Amazing. Well, he does do a lot of stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> We're not I'm talking fine. about the turkey. No, not the turkey. There's a lot of stuffing. <laughs> but no, he is probably one of the most joyful people I know. Yes. And you guys, you guys hear that as he sings his little heart out <laughs> on Timmy Time. The last Timmy Time. If sings you have, his little heart out. If you've not heard the last Timmy Time. <laughs> That was by far the best one. I haven't got accolades from Coach, man. You did. You got yeah. accolades from Coach Greg. Everybody that heard it was like, that was classic. I think it's just because I uh, went on my own tune. Well, you, you do that often, though. I don't know what the difference and that's was. different than... Yeah, I think, you're, I think it is your vocal range has expanded. What Did he not tell you about his vocal coach? No. Oh. Uh oh. Oh yeah. We'll talk it's about Marcy. that another time. Sing, sing, Marcy. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> grace. Oh, no. <laughs> what I uh, lack in talent, I make up for in volume. That's true. Woo. I love that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was awesome. That was good. It was good. Well, I'll wrap it up by saying my last thing, and I wrote down is community. You guys, you said it already, both of you, but. Community is so important, and I, specifically the big ass runner herd community. I, I love it when I see people that listen to this show connecting with each other mm. and encouraging each other. Yeah. And like you said, Tim, there's people out there. And I'm not saying that this necessarily is specifically the case with people who listen to the show, but there are people out there that just don't have that community. And when you can find it, what, however that happens. Hang on to it. Super cool. And hang, like you said, yeah, hang on to it. It's super great. So I I love, you know, we didn't set out to do a show that built community, just kind of happen. Yeah. It has nothing to do with myself or Steven or any of us at this table. It just has to do with just really good people who are like minded, who have different opinions, but have shared this passion for life and for trail running and the fact that they've connected and made, made meaningful connections and encourage each other to me is just so cool so mm-hmm. absolutely i'm also thankful for your new specs i really like them my new glasses you yeah, do you like them really cool. I, I, I was do. i was really hoping someone would yeah would i'm noticing 
<laughs> it only been like eight years since I had new glasses. So you did have they those for a good. while. Yeah. Oh my gosh, these are cool. These yeah. are cool. Yeah, I had the the Clark Kent without mm-hmm. the Superman. You worked them. Yeah. You worked them. Yeah. I just I like didn't have these. the Superman body. That's now you do. Now you do. <laughs> Tell everybody how much you've lost for uh, the, your big training for our hundred. About about sixteen pounds down. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Well, thank you guys so much for who you are and for coming on this show Back at all the you. time. Hey. When we talked about doing this podcast, I said, hey, would you guys be interested in being on? You're like, yeah, let's do it. And you've been on for a year and a half now. So people love you it's guys. It's been that long? Yeah, it has been. This is episode 69. The oh funny thing is gosh. Jeff said, hey, we're going to have you sing. And I'm like, have you heard me sing? <laughs> exactly. Like, Timmy Time, that's, that's the charm. That's the charm. That's the charm. Oh, El Happy, uh, thank you. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, Marcy and Tim. Thanks for you all too, that you Jeff. do. And... Uh, that is. I don't know how we're going to wrap this up other than gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving, Thank everybody. Wow. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 69. I just want to say a big thanks to Elaine Valley for that great introduction. For my coach, Coach Greg, for coming on and giving us those many, many nuggets of information just like thanksgiving dinner there was so much to feast on with the uh, greg's wisdom also just thankful for the herd for the big ass runners out there that listen to this show each and every week thank you for that thankful for the bazers we enjoyed getting to know them a little bit more and hearing what they are thankful for as well and we're also thankful for our partnerships path projects as you guys know we love their products go to pathprojects.com Christmas season, holiday season is here. And if you're looking for that perfect gift of trail running attire for your trail runner, pathprojects.com or for yourself for that matter, pathprojects.com. Also Vander Jacket. You're going to hear actually from Sarah next episode, Sarah Vandernoot from vanderjacket.com. She makes the best running jackets and vests that there are vanderjacket.com we love her as well and a huge thanks as always to our amazing audio engineer steve sasparilla saunders who makes us sound so good well thanks again everybody for all that you do for listening to this show for all your support throughout the year and we just want to say get out there hit those trails and keep running your asses off Yeah, we we love that. <clears throat> this is a this is a, a good example where I'm gonna <clears throat> clear my throat and stop for a second. And the great Steve, our audio engineer, will 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 clean all this up. Someone someone at work is uh, dinging me. Sorry, let me turn that off. I don't know if that was Marcy Mazur. No. Sorry about that, guys. If naked, now I forget the company's name, but naked, naked, naked yeah, we're, we're industries. Like, yeah, exactly. I can't remember either. Maybe they're listening. Who knows? Yeah. Today we're going to take a look at three words that are confusing. Baked, raked, naked. What? That's not confusing. Yes, it is. Come on. B-A-K-E-D. Baked. The past tense of bake. R-A-K-E-D. Raked. The past tense of rake. I'm going to rake to the lawn. Now I rake to the lawn and all the leaves are gone. Got it. N-A-K-E-D. Naked.
What? Naked, yes. Baked, one syllable. Raked, one syllable. Naked, two syllables. Why do we say naked and not naked? I don't know, but now you can read and pronounce this sentence. After I raked the leaves, the lawn looked naked. It baked in the sun. What? Come on, English. Go, baby.